Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Listen for the word of God. He sat down opposite the treasury and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. A poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which are worth a penny. Then he called his disciples and said to them, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Please be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. What does our faith require of us? It's a question we ask ourselves. It's a question I ask myself. How much does faith require? This is the question in our gospel lesson that Bill just read about the scribes and a widow. It's about abundance and poverty, about scarcity and an extravagant gift. It's trying to help us answer the question, what does our faith require of us? Now the setup to this scene opens like this opening scene of a dramatic movie. We've got the scribes, the religious and political leaders are like happy fat cats who wear designer clothes, they take backhand deals, they live in exclusive communities. You can almost see the smoke blowing out of their cigars as their mouths. They share deep belly laughs about their antics the night before, dining on champagne and caviar. We watch as they send their associates off to foreclose on the homes of widows, knocking on their doors and seizing their property and then selling it back to somebody else to make a profit. They get richer and the widows and the vulnerable get turned out. And in the foreground, we see a widow. She's dressed in rags. She's thin from malnutrition, cold from her night out on the street. Her face is covered with a scarf so we can barely see her expression. She wanders anonymously through the busy streets in the marketplace of the temple. We know that she's on the streets because those fat cat scribes have taken her house. We know she knows that this isn't right. The Mosaic law, the law from the Hebrew Bible, demands that the religious community take good care of orphans, of widows, of immigrants. And yet the religious leaders here are corrupt and they are not keeping the commands. She knows this. Jesus knows this. As she makes her way up to that temple treasury, we watch her take two coins out of her pocket, her very last two coins. She cleans out what she has. She gets ready to drop it into that offering plate. 
And if you're anything like me, you want to stop, scream, stop, stop, don't do it. Do not put your money in there. Do not give away the last pennies that you have. Are you crazy? I find myself relieved, though, when Jesus enters the scene. Surely he will say, keep your money. Go feed yourself. Go buy yourself a shawl. But instead, he praises her. She drops that money in, and he looks at his disciples and says, Truly, I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all those who are contributing to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has put in everything she had, all she had to live on. Does Jesus really want her to give everything that she has? What does our faith require of us? We do know that Jesus does not will destitution on anyone. He calls on us again and again to do what we can to eradicate poverty, to care for those who don't have enough, to change the structures that keep the poor poor and keep the rich getting richer. So why would he be praising her for giving everything that she has over to the temple? And of course, underneath that, I've got some questions with a little bit of guilt and fear We wonder, is he calling us to sacrifice all that we have for God? It can make us uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't want the widow to sacrifice when she's without. And I'm also not ready to give everything that I have towards the common good. What does our faith require of us? Turns out the widow's not making a significant gift anyway. Two copper coins were worth about a measly penny for us today. So scholars acknowledge that she actually couldn't have bought herself anything of worth with that money. She couldn't have bought a warm meal or a scarf. She couldn't even buy a pack of gum for a penny. So what good would that be to the treasury, we wonder? Why did she even bother to give this over? This text was written in Greek, and in Greek, what it actually says there is that what she gave was not just the pennies in her pocket. It says she gave her whole self. She gave her whole self, not just her financial possessions, but her whole self. What does our faith require of us? We just got to celebrate the baptism of Jeb Linden. What a joy. We heard Greg and Sarah answer questions about raising him up in the faith. Our children helped us bless the sacred water, ancient and new. I had the great privilege of putting that water on Jeb's forehead in the sign of the cross, saying, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And you responded by saying, we welcome you into the family of God, our new brother in Christ. We too, all of us, will raise you up in the faith, will teach you about the love of God, how to know it, how to share it with the world. God names Jeb beloved, just as God named Jesus beloved. And we celebrate this good news, we remember our own baptisms. And in this sacred act of baptism, we remember that good news that God gave God's very self for us and for the world. 
coming to earth as a human being and the person of Jesus, a person baptized in the Jordan River by John, as a dove, the sign of the Spirit descended upon him, and a voice came from heaven saying, You are my beloved. With you I am well pleased. We remember that because of Jesus, God claims each and every one of us as beloved. Before we can even understand or know or claim this truth for ourselves, God claims us. We remember that God walked among us on earth, healed and taught and fed and wept and laughed and ate and died, and then rose, bringing all of us with him into eternal life. Jesus offers his whole self to us and to the whole world. What does our faith require of us? I think that that widow had it right. In all the ways that we can and everything that we have, everything that we are, to give our full selves over to God in response. This is why she gave her offering. It's why Jesus praised her. It wasn't about sacrificing her daily needs. She didn't even have enough to provide those that was taken from her. But it was about giving her full self as an offering. It was how she had been faithful her whole life, giving, offering to the common good, putting her trust and her loyalty and her gifts into God's hands. Even at this stage in her life when the gifts she had must have seemed insignificant, she gave to God precisely because God still recognized her significance, even if the religious leaders did not. The rest of the world overlooked her, didn't think she had anything to offer. And Jesus looks at her and says, you matter. You matter to me, you matter to God, and you offer yourself more than these others as a living offering of faithfulness and of trust and of love. You are my beloved, Jesus says, with you I am well pleased. By offering her whole self, by seeking God, she continues to speak to us today all these years later. She inspires us to look for those who may be on the outside, to value who they are, what they offer, to work for change. I've had the privilege of being senior pastor here for right at four months now, and it has been a tremendous blessing to get to know you in so many ways to see how God is at work through this amazing congregation. And I'm excited for much more time to come for many more seasons of life lived together. But even in my short time, I have been overwhelmed to see how you are a congregation that witnesses giving your full selves to God. And by doing that, you are a congregation that changes lives. I've been leading a study on Sunday evenings called The Disciples' Path. We've been journeying together to say, what does it mean not just to show up to church as a part of ourselves or to give a little bit of our time to faith, but what does it mean to be a disciple in all that we are and everything that we do? And we've been moving through those membership vows that we all heard Greg and Sarah commit to today and that you committed back. Prayers, presence, gifts, service, and witness. When we were talking about service, how do we give of the gifts that God has given us back to the church? We talked about the difference between being volunteers and being servants. I hadn't thought about this distinction before, 
but thinking about volunteers, giving a certain amount of time, when you have it, when you can, when you can pencil it into your schedule. It's not that volunteering is a bad thing. But when we think about the spiritual gifts that God has given each one of us, and God has given each one of us spiritual gifts that we're called to use in service of God and others, then we begin to spend our whole lives as God's servants. Volunteering may be a part of that, but it's a transformational way that we see all that we are, all that we have, all that we do, in light of serving God through Jesus and being a disciple. It's a way of life, not something that we mark out on our calendars. This is what this widow is doing. This is what it means to give our full selves, to live as disciples as a way of life and all that we have and all that we do. And I've been so privileged to see this over and over again here. Uh, Kirsten and I didn't coordinate, um, but as I reflected this morning, I had the same thought about over 80 children who participated in vacation Bible school. My first couple of weeks here, it was extraordinary. The kids who come week after week, who sing in kids' praise, who are formed in the faith through Sunday school and children's church, they teach us, they teach me about what it means to love God and to love neighbor. Our youth give of themselves through mission trips and Sunday school, serving as acolytes, inviting their friends to come and be a part of this community. They are witness to lives changed. And you reach beyond these walls to make a difference in their lives and our community from hosting Feed and Seed every single Sunday, a meal in our fellowship hall that is free to anybody in the community who wants to come and to eat. But what I've been most impressed with is it's not just a feeding program, it's a place where relationships are formed over time, where people can go to the little house on Sundays and get needed hygiene items and clothes. But again, that happens with relationships at the heart of all of that. Hosting Family Promise four times a year, providing a safe space for a whole week here for families who are experiencing homelessness, providing a place to sleep, providing meals, dinner, and snack, and breakfast. But again, more than that, volunteers come and give of their time to build relationships to get to know people. And everybody's life is changed in that process. I'd heard about this backpack ministry since I got here. Uh, if you don't know, it's a ministry that provides food over the weekend to children who are on free and reduced lunch in our local elementary schools who may not have enough food for their family to get them through the weekend when they can't eat at school. So this church, every Wednesday, it started this last week, packs hundreds of bags of food and then loads them into U-Hauls and takes them to the elementary schools so that kids in our community have enough to eat. Those lives are no doubt changed. But this week I got to go down for a little while and be part of the food packing. And I can tell you that the lives of those who spend their time serving God in this way are also changed by the relationships formed, by the ways that they give themselves. There were people of all ages there working and serving God together, and it was extraordinary. I could go on and on about missions and outreach. But the other powerful thing I've noticed about this congregation is your commitment to each other. As many of you know, as many of you have been part of, I've been hosting a series of cottage meetings, small groups of 10 to 12 people, uh, where we gather together in people's homes uh, or at the church or in other places. 
And I just get to hear your story, get to hear what you love about this church, get to hear what your hopes and dreams are for the future of this church. Over 110 people so far have participated. It has been such a joy to get to know you better and to learn about your church. In each gathering, I ask the question, where have you seen God most powerfully at work through Sandy Springs United Methodist Church? Now, a dominant theme is mission and outreach and connection to the community. But the other dominant theme is about how much you care for each other. You were there for each other in times of joy and sorrow and everywhere in between. From the youth I met with who described this place as their family, not just their peers in the youth group, but also the people that they've grown up with as surrogate parents and grandparents, they know that when they are here, they are known by name and they are loved and that makes a huge difference in their lives. To my meetings at Mount Vernon Towers and Hammond Glen, where I heard people talk about 60-year-long friendships that they wouldn't have had if they didn't come to Sunday school here or participate in United Methodist Women's Circles. You show up for each other. And this is a world that is increasingly lonely and disconnected. And this is a place where you give of yourself to make sure your brothers and sisters in Christ are cared for. You change each other's lives and you make them better. In a time when it can be hard to know where hope resides, you give me hope. Your love of God and of neighbor. You care for each other inside these walls and outside of these walls. You were a sign of God's faithfulness in the world. You were servants. I'm really excited to get to continue to see and learn how God has been at work, to continue to witness how God is at work, and to move together to see what God may have in store for the future. You are the hands and feet of Christ, and you, like the widow, give of your full selves in servanthood to this place. Next week, you are invited to bring your pledge card forward to the altar rail. It's the culmination of the stewardship season when the church asks you to prayerfully consider how much can you give financially to this church in 2020. Rest assured, friends, when you give financially to Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, your gift contributes to changing people's lives. The lives of the people here, the lives of the people in the community, the lives of the people who aren't here yet, but will be. I invite you to prayerfully consider giving more, if you can, if your financial situation allows it. Both because when you do so, then this place can change even more lives, but also because in that process, I guarantee you that your life will be changed. When we stretch ourselves, when we begin to give sacrificially in all that we are, when servanthood and discipleship becomes a way of life, we let go of our own desires, we become like that widow, and we trust God to use what we have to make an impact on the world. Thank you for considering it. Thank you for all you have already given and all that you will do. The good news is no matter how insignificant we think our offering may be, we matter to God. Pennies matter to God when they are given with great trust and great faith. And we can trust that when we give our full selves to God, our ordinary selves, extraordinary things will happen. By giving ourselves to God and to one another, by offering all that we have, we participate with God in transforming the world, offering hope to the hopeless 
and God's kingdom to a world that is desperately in need of peace. So my prayer is that we can continue to be the hands and feet of Christ, offering our whole selves in return for what God has already done for us, responding to that good, good news that God says to each one of us, you are my beloved child, and with you I am well pleased. May it be so. Thanks be to God. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.